Hey guys, I'm Dr. McFarland, and this week on the podcast, we're talking with Don Ferguson. He's a studio owner here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and we're just going to have a good chat about all things music and audio and recording and probably life. So, <laughs> hey Don, how's it going tonight? Doing pretty good, Nathan. How are you today? Oh, well, you know, wrestling kids and dealing with life in general is always fun. So, um, I'm glad to be here. Understood, <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, anytime. So, what has uh, what have you done in the last year as far as uh, recording recording goes? Uh, well, <laughs> coincidentally, last year was not a great year for recording. I did a little bit. I actually had a comedian in the studio. Um, oh, that's cool. And he was pretty good. Um, you know, I think it was his first time in the studio, so we kind of worked on that. You know, finessed it to get him yeah. comfortable and um, made sure he was liking what he was hearing and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, we're trying to finish that up with him. You know, due to COVID last year, uh, we kind of had to stop what we were doing, and um, here we are coming around the corner again of right round two of covid so um i'm not sure how that's going to work out for him coming back or getting him you know to come back anytime soon um right but i'm gonna try i'll see what he says and if he feels comfortable he'll come in sure i mean your uh your vocal booth is six feet away right uh yeah or is that or does that work like that i don't know uh well (laughs) Can you see that? The floor? Something, yeah. Yeah. That's... Oh, I record them in here, in this room. Okay. Don't, you don't have, don't, like, a separate booth? No, oh, we don't have right. a you physical don't... vocal booth. We're, this is essentially one room. Gotcha. And gotcha. Um, it's a, you know, it's decent size, but we can't do... We could do, like, DI, guitars, bass, vocals, MIDI. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, like... a. Two or three weeks ago, I had a guitarist, local young guitar guy, come in, in and um, we have some uh, studio instruments and things like that, guitars, electric guitars, electric bass. Uh, we have a, an acoustic guitar as well, um, mm-hmm. a P bass, Fender P bass. I, I kind of wanted to have a Fender um, bass I think they are just great. Being a musician, I, I am a drummer, played drums for 30 years, so I kind of know a little oh. bit about some instruments, not all. Um, so I try to, my wife and I, we try to make sure we um, get good, decent equipment for musicians to come in if they don't have something or if they're not sure what they want to use, we'll supply them or offer them an option so right well that's good yeah is it true that the uh that a face mask really helps with like the sibilance in the microphone a pop have filter you tested that yet <laughs> a pop filter yeah it's I, a pop filter right on your face yeah well <laughs> i don't know about <laughs> right on your face but i think a pop filter does help yes uh with the plosives um, yeah, I was just, I was just making a joke about the, wearing a mask in the studio and yeah, I mean it 
like at my age, it probably wouldn't hurt me to have a mask on. But you know, uh, I'm, actually, today's my birthday. I turned oh, fifty great. today. Well, happy birthday! Well, thank you. Yep, I'm 25 again, twice. So it's pretty cool. And for all the podcast listeners out there, he looks 25. So perfect. That's what I was going for. <laughs> it worked. And I probably, I probably look 25 myself now that I shaved my beard off. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Huge mistake. I will not repeat that mistake again <laughs> ever. Once the beard has grown back, it will not, it will not disappear. Yeah. Or I think my wife will kill me. So. Well, you have choices. Is there something that happens with with a with the you know when the hair starts growing back out? It's like sandpaper. Yeah. So, ladies don't like that. Yeah, my wife doesn't like the beard thing. She's like every third day she you need to shave. All right. Right. That's the way it is. Mm. Well, let's go. Let's go way back. Past cool. all this COVID stuff, and let's talk about. The humble beginnings of Don Ferguson and his music career. Oh boy! If you uh, will, so so take me back as far as you can remember. <laughs> how about yesterday? No. Um, so I think it was approximately, I'll say, eleven years old. Uh, I mean, I grew up. I had older brothers. You know, they were into rock music. You know, Black Sabbath, the Guess Who, Pink Floyd, um, and so on. You know all those types mm-hmm. of music so i grew up as a youngster as you know a, a young child listening or, or at least hearing that type of music so um again once i got to about 11 years old um two of my brothers did actually play drums or attempted to play drums for a short period of their young life and so i kind of got the itch to do so myself and i got a job started taking drum lessons. Actually, I played to learn on my own drums. Um, I'm a left-handed person, so I do everything right. Oh, no. Yes. You're not not a left-handed drummer, are you? (laughs) But I actually... Oh, man. (laughs) I used to play open hand, and I was so self-conscious because, again, we didn't have the internet, and we didn't have the luxuries that we have today at that Mm -hmm. point in time to actually know that was okay to play open hand, what they call open hand. Oh, sure. Um, so I taught myself, I started taking lessons and I, you know, my instructor said, yeah, that's great. That's not a problem. Well, I was self-conscious and I ended up stopping learning lessons or taking lessons and I taught myself how to play cross hand, right over left. And Oh, I see. So open hand is when you have your, I guess for you it would be your right hand on the hi-hat and your left hand on the snare, right? Well, no, it was actually the opposite. Because I was playing open hand, I was my left hand was on the hi-hat, right hand was on the snare, and I would use my right foot as the kick. And so I went to right hand on the hi-hat, to left hand to the snare, and right foot on the kick. Okay, gotcha. So, um, so yeah, it was basically just taking your hands and op- you know from open to cross, right over left. Right. So... Okay. Um, so I progressed, you know, it's in, uh, went through all that for a number of years, and then I went back to taking lessons again. Uh, I found a great, what I thought was a great uh, drum instructor. He was going to Berkeley. I, I'm originally from Boston, so let me, I'll, I'll put that out there for you. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you could tell that. With the, I, can, I can tell by the accent, for yeah, sure. Yeah, the verbiage. So, so um, 
<laughs> so I'm not gonna hold that against you though. We uh, so I I started taking lessons from this drum instructor, and he was really cool. Like I said, he was you know a fairly young guy himself. Uh, well, I mean, I was just a teenager, and he was a young guy, maybe twenty eight, thirty, something like that. And so mm-hmm. going to Berkeley himself. And so I felt, you know, hey, that's, you know, pretty cool. I'm getting firsthand, you know, knowledge from someone going, taking lessons from, you know, such a high uh, credentialed company, you know. So that's good. Um, you know, moved on a few years later, ended up with another drum instructor. He actually went to Georgia. He went to um, a school there. AIM AIM is what I think it is. Atlanta Institute of Music. Something like that. Okay. And um, I've heard of that. I actually went um, I was I didn't go to the school but I went I was at the school for a a venue. So um, in 95 my girlfriend and I at the time we actually moved to Atlanta um and I joined a band, did some music stuff there. I mean, before I left, I was in like thrash hardcore, hardcore type bands, you know, playing Boston, New York, Connecticut, stuff like that. And then when I moved to Georgia in 95, joined a band. It was kind of like a 60s, 70s rock band, Beatles, Stones, you know. Okay. Just trying something different, you know. Yeah. Um and it was pretty cool. And then I, that lasted maybe about a year. I transitioned into more of a, um, maybe like a, I don't want to really say a grunge rock band, but similar to something like that, you know. Uh, yeah. And that was okay too, you know. Again, it was something for different. Like Mid '90s, right? Yeah, yeah. It was you know, '95, '96, '97, somewhere around there. So, and Atlanta was pretty pretty hopping at the time you know we had the olympics there in 96 oh yeah and Mm -hmm. um so that was a pretty pretty intense time to be there and uh i liked atlanta i thought it was a very cool state and you know uh but anyhow i in 98 i ended up moving to um arlington texas which is between dallas and fort worth and um pretty happening area as well um texas i didn't really go into a band I ended up going to school, um, got my license to become an aircraft mechanic, worked for Delta Airlines and for 14 years, I think it was, but I had wow. other other jobs as well between there and stuff like that. So, um, but I did get back into playing drums in 95, 96, and... Okay. I ended up playing for Dave Evans. I don't know if you're familiar with who he is. Quick and easy way is to say ACDC. He was yeah, the original. Familiar. He was the original singer before Bon Scott of ACDC. Oh wow! Okay. So I guess I don't know exactly when he came to Dallas, Texas, but um, it had to have been '95 or '96. So I met him. I answered an ad, and you know then auditioned in late 96 um and joined the band and uh early 97 i 
kind of left because I wasn't really getting the information that I was asking for. There was really no um, positive. There wasn't a positive outcome per se. Yeah, yeah. In it for us as the musicians, we were just kind of like you know the. Was it just like like a uh, like a self named band? Like it was was it what was the name of the band? The the name was Dave Evans and the Badasses. Oh, uh, okay. So, right. it, so it was you were, you were the backup band for yeah, him. Essentially. essentially, we were just the uh, musicians, you know, filling in because he would go back to Australia, record the album, and go back to. He had, I think, like three or four different bands. Now, not just in the U.S., mm-hmm. but one in the U.S. I think one in Germany, obviously Australia, and maybe somewhere else. I don't recall, but um, right. That's what his goal. That's what his deal was. He just would go around and you know get musicians to play in his you know for him. Um, so well, that's I, interesting, though. It was decent. It was okay. Dave was a good guy. <laughs> you know, I mean, Dave was cool. He was just a business guy. You know, doing his thing. You know, right. He just needed people to fill the spots, whatever that might have been. So yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I essentially I I decided to leave and go back to Delta Airlines in 90, uh, 2007. And so once I got there in Atlanta, I got settled, started playing again in a band. It was a southern rock band I joined and they were pretty cool. That lasted maybe 2 years. And mm-hmm. in 2009, I decided, you know, I'm kind of tired of doing the band thing um it's kind of like a relationship i'm you know it it, there's you know three or four people you gotta interact with depending on the size of the band and you gotta (laughs) have all that going on so i decided we had a a full basement it was like 1600 square feet and my wife and i we spent about three years converting it not converting it, but, you know, doing electrical insulation, sheetrock, etc. Um, getting it set up for recording. So, yeah. So in about 2009, we, we started off the studio um, and we did okay. We, we used to, we would do like battles of the bands in, in the town we lived in. And um, mm-hmm. we would offer like eight hours of studio time for a band to come in. Um, as the prize, things yeah, of that good. nature. That's you good know, advertisement. Yeah, generate some, you know, um, a buzz for the studio. Right. So, in uh, but in 2014, we ended up moving back to Texas for family re- reasons. And so, uh, actually, at that time, in 2015, I went to school for audio engineering. Um, and it really didn't take off. And then I ended up getting hired here in Nashville for a uh, an aviation-related job. And okay, that's what brought us here. And not, I mean, we were here. We actually visited here twice, um, and we really liked it. And when we came back, uh, we were like, "Damn, it's really changed around here. A lot of people, you know, <laughs> compared to where all these people come from." Yeah, what are all these outsiders doing here? <laughs> Man, all these people from Boston are yeah. just driving me nuts. <laughs> I joke with people. I tell them, you know, I just got my paperwork for being a Southerner for 25 years." Ah, there you go. 
and it, yeah. it doesn't really go over very well. They don't, you yeah, know, yeah. I don't think they catch that. But right. hey, I try, you know. So, um, but so we're here. We've been here. Uh, this is our third year in Nashville. Second year in business here. Um, okay. We are with the state. You know, we do have a state license, EIN number, all that fun stuff, and you know, city, all that you know jargon. So mm-hmm. we are official. We'll say. And so, so you have an official business license. Yeah, essentially, yes. That's cool. And um, I wish we were, you know, officially making money due to COVID. <laughs> COVID keeps coming back on us, and it's, yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, but we yeah. uh, we're here for musicians. You know, uh, being a musician myself, like I said, for thirty years, um, mm-hmm. I want to make sure to give the the client, the musician, uh, singer-songwriter type person, the opportunity to put themselves on in a digital format, you know, to, to be able to sit back sometime yeah. with whoever, their family, friends, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, and say, hey, you know, I did this. You know? No, that's great. I mean, yeah, like get them on Spotify or yeah. iTunes or just whatever, you know. Exactly. I mean, I I feel it's important because it's a time of your life that you're living through. You know, you're 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 wanting to go back in five years or ten years or whatever it might be, and right, and say, man, you're taking you're taking little snapshots of yes. moments in time, and essentially, yes, that's exactly what you're doing. Is you're creating a a memory book, so to speak, and so I I try to. Um, you know, I've I've dealt with musicians saying, "Oh, we'll fix it later," when recording, and and I always try to veer them away from that as quickly as I can, and just say, "No, let's just do it one more time, because mm-hmm. let's get that take done and done right, because fixing it later will not be better than now." Right, you know? and so, and then if they try to overdub later. To sing it again, like something about the air in the room is just different. Like it's going to sound different. Yeah, you, you know? know. So now you got like a verse and a chorus that sound like totally they don't sound the same. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's the same mic, same mic pre, same room, everything. Like there's just something about the air that day it just makes yeah. it sound different. It's yeah. just weird. And that is true. I mean, and they say that you know, um, and that's. Unfortunately, it's kind of hard sometimes when you're dealing with the younger person. You know, I, I mm-hmm. was there one time myself a while back <laughs> and going into the studio, I, you know, all I really knew was go in, do my part on the drums, get out, you know, and I didn't right. know all the background of, you know, the consoles and digital, you know, at the time we didn't really have digital stuff, but, you know, right. Um, do you ever record to analog tape at all? I would love to. Um, so, I, so you, I mean, you said you did it more after like 2009. So, yeah, yeah. Analog tape really wasn't the big thing at that time. <laughs> I recorded on analog personally. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually, I think uh, up in Boston, we um, we recorded in. Uh, I think it was the Cars. They had a a studio in Boston, and we actually got to record there over night of course third shift you oh, know cool. so it was cool. like 12 to 8 something like that so yeah um 
but I mean, it was awesome. The drum room was, it was like two stories. It was like you were in the, I was in the basement, but it was all like, you know, whatever, 30 feet, 20 feet, whatever it was of just wood paneling, you know, wood floors. Have you seen, uh, have you seen Steve Albini's uh, studio up in Chicago? I have not. No. His, his, I think it's called electric something. I can't remember the actual name of it, but his his main room is set up just like that. You have to walk down like two flights of stairs to get to the bottom floor where the drums are actually set up. Yeah, and he'll have he has microphones on like the like the wall and like on the floor and like everywhere. Yeah. So that it just reminds me of that kind of setup. Yeah, yeah, and um, again, I can't tell you for sure if they had that then, but um, again, because we. The engineer we had, he was probably interning, and they said, "Sure, you can have it at night." <laughs> you know, <laughs> great. You know? So if you can make you know, a few bucks at night, you know, get a band in there and work, you know, work your magic. Go ahead. So, mm-hmm. and it was cool. It was a it was a phenomenal opportunity for us as you know musicians to go into such a because it you know years ago the cars were a big thing. Um, oh yeah, totally. And, and to uh, and we did record onto analog two inch tape, so right. Um, and and there's just something about that analog tape that I'm not. Um, it's just what you get out of it, you know. You, there's something. It's like that ingredient in in the pasta, you know, the the sauce that mm-hmm. you know. Um, you're not quite sure what it is, but. You sure as hell love it. <laughs> so well, I think it forces you into a different frame of mind to where like digital is almost um, like nothing's really ever final with digital. Yeah. I mean, in, in a sense. Yeah. Because you can always get back to the mix. You can always tweak it. You can always do fix something. Yeah. Right. Fix it later. But with analog, you know, is if you don't want to go in with a razor blade and start cutting tape, yeah, you better get the take right. <laughs> and otherwise, it's not going to sound like you want it to sound. You know exactly. And you know, and that is kind of like we were just talking about a, a little bit ago. Is that I mean, without being a a jerk to the younger, you know, people coming in, and and you know, they have a somewhat of an understanding of hey we can just you know punch in punch out or you know do mm-hmm. fix it later or something like that and it's like well why don't we just get it done right and then everything will flow you know just that much better you know? right so and that's important to me is is to try to come across to say hey look you know let's do it right the first time and then we don't have to worry about trying to fix it later because trying to fix it is not fixing it that's just kind of putting a band-aid on a a, yeah. a bad wound you know and sometimes that can just be a nightmare sure yeah i'm it, trying to deal I with actually all had, that i had a, a good story for you about that in georgia i recorded a cover band uh they won studio time oh yeah sure and so we were you know things were rocking and rolling we were getting things done and all of a sudden, the drummer, you know, he was done with his stuff, and we were just doing some guitar stuff and or va- backing vocals. I think we were doing backing vocals, and so I had 
you know, two guys in, in the room, in the drum room, just, you know, singing into some mics. And he just decided to go in there, grab the tambourine and start slamming away on the tambourine. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I couldn't stop him at that time. He was, I was like, I should have just stopped him and, you know, started over from that point with what we were doing with the vocals. And I was just like, well, a little late now, so... Maybe he was trying to do a, a Saturday Night Live, uh, uh, more more uh, cowbell kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was, except he wanted to use tambourine, more tambourine. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just yeah. grabbed the first thing he saw. and was like, "Oh, this will work." Yeah, he just he going got to excited. the vocal booth and you know, start shaking it around. <laughs> he was loving it. He was digging it. You know, they were having a great time and everything. And that's what it's about: is having a great time. But. Oh, I sure. ended up having to go in, and um, and it was a, a learning curve for me because, again, I wasn't that experienced at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So it was a big learning curve for me, and I had to do a lot of cutting and slicing and, and, and lowering of the tambourine as opposed to the vocals, and mm-hmm. some got there and some didn't, you know, and I was just like, did the best I could with it, you know? Right. Because it's not that. like the tambourine was actually in time with the music, right? Well, or was it halfway decent? It was decent, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, but again, when you're when you're trying to do levels, and it's going into a microphone, you're really kind of restricted on what you can and can't do. Because if someone's singing at that point and he's hammering on the tambourine, and it's kind of drowning out the vocal. You're kind of your hands are tied. Oh sure, you know. Did you lose me? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm good. Um. So, anyhow, yeah. So we're, you know, it was a good learning experience for me. Um. But again, I, you know, I try to get the best, um, recording I can for the, um, you know, the musicians. And try to oh, make yeah. sure that they're happy with what they're hearing. And again, I always try to get, send them with something, you know, or I'll email it to them, you know, because they just download it onto their phones anyways, listen to mm-hmm. it in the car or whatever. So, um, yeah, well, let's talk about real fast. Let's talk about the uh, some of the gear you have there in the studio. Sure. And how it's set up and routed and all that stuff do a little gear a gear talk if you will well um we have a 48 channel console it's a midas legend 3000 it's actually a live console but we have converters focus right converters uh Mm -hmm. 16 channels um we, we we have some outboard gear um i like to really work in the box honestly it's just quicker and faster um oh yeah totally but we do have EQs, uh, mic pre's, and everything on the console. I like to go through that. Um, sometimes right. I'll use the EQ. Sometimes I won't use the EQ on the console. Um, yeah, because you can print, right? You can print the EQ. You can, yes. Yeah, I mean it'll, you know, it'll just embed right in. Um, sure, that's like great. It, it, as long as I engage the EQs on the console on the channel, um, mm-hmm. it'll, you know, bring it right in into the cool. into the uh computer because i know some some consoles they especially the direct outputs yes from each from each channel they'll 
they'll cut off the signal pretty much right past the preamp, mm-hmm. so it won't actually uh, it won't it won't send the EQ section yeah to the direct out unless you send that channel to a bus mm-hmm. and then you can record it through the bus. But you know, so is that how yours is set up or? Well, mine's set up. I um, essentially mine is going through the converters. So if if I engage the EQs on the channel, okay, um, it's going through the converters coming right to the the uh, the computer. So cool. it's okay. it's basically printing right as it's playing, you know, recording. Right. Um, okay. And you know, microphone wise, we uh, we have an SM fifty eight. Uh, I mean, yep. an SM seven B and an SM fifty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ball microphone. Um, yeah. I always like to have a couple options for the vocals um, to give them some options to, you know, each each person is a little different. Um, oh, yeah, totally. If, if they're going to be a screamer, well, they're getting the 58. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not going to sacrifice my, you know, $350, $400 microphone if they're just going to scream into it. It's not going to really help much, you know. We're not getting any, right. a lot of tonal you know concerns there so um but we also have um orange amps um we have a 4x12 cab we have a axiom 49 midi controller um Mm -hmm. again we have one two two electric guitars two bass electric bass guitars one um acoustic guitar uh a mag slide i don't know if you ever heard of them magnesium slide guitar uh, yes i actually just got that from uh the nam show oh you went there yeah i went to nam uh did you talk to mike ago. uh i can't remember the names older guy but yeah an older guy yeah so yeah the the mag slide right there yes, sir yep got it i got the the uh the silver one yeah uh-huh yep. it kind of has like a rainbow kind of color to it uh no, just silver. Well, well, when I saw a silver one, it kind of had this like if you you know turn it different ways, you can see like little rainbow colors coming through it. Oh, really? Yeah. But maybe maybe that was a new version or yeah, something. Yeah, it might I'm be a sure. new model. Yeah, because I just went I I just went with the black one. So yeah. that's, that's what made sense. Mine's mine's called the Eclipse. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. I'm not a huge slide player, but I figured, hey, for thirty bucks, you know, it's worth a shot. Yeah, exactly. It'll, I mean, it'll give it's me always, something else to do uh, do a video review on for my channel. So, and it's good to have. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's right. You know, you just again. I always make sure to say, hey, we got a slide. If you do any slide guitar playing, you know, most times it's no, we don't. So, um, right. But yeah, we we um we really need to expand. We we have. Um, again, we, we could record a whole full band if we had the facility for it, but we don't have that right now. We need the clientele to come in to get the singer songwriters flowing, you know, uh, sure. Yeah. To show, to show the banks, you know, if, when we go to expand, Hey, we have a clientele list and this is what we're, you know, bringing in monetarily. Right. So, you know, that's always their important side of everything is you know 
if we're giving you some money, we want to know we're going to get it back. So um, <laughs> exactly. And I understand that. That's perfectly fine. So um, we just upgraded last year to a Mac Mini. Uh, we had the yep. Mac Tower, yep. Mac Pro Tower. Um, mm-hmm. Again, after X amount of years, ten years or so, they, you know, with the upgrades and everything, you know, it kind of hits the ceiling with upgrades and. Oh yeah. So we spent some money on that. Um, we we use the um, we have a uh, Dante card for. Uh, the converters, so we yeah. use that as well, um, and that works that, pretty well. Is that the focus right? Is that what that is? It is, yes. Um, I just recently found out because I was getting a, a message in regards to an updates issue, uh, because um, I guess somebody's not uh, supporting that software anymore. So gotcha. okay. they, the message is, is, hey, you know, uh, there's no more support for this item and so on and so forth. So I was calling around and I called Focusrite first because I've always had great. I, that's what I love about Focusrite. They are very good at working with you, you know. Right, getting back that's to the, their customers because I'm a, I'm a customer of theirs. You know, I've got mm-hmm. five thousand dollars, six, you know, five or six thousand dollars worth of equipment sitting in in our studio. Um, so I would hope they would be somewhat <laughs> responsive to me. So right. Um, but other equipment we have, we have um the A7X Atom monitors. Yeah, I've heard those are good. Uh, they're very good. You know, I like I like the ribbon tweeters. Um, I don't think the seven inch diameter woofer is that good. It's okay, but I've heard the eight and the eight is significantly better. Um, okay. We have, um, Carl Tatz. I don't know if you're familiar with Carl Tatz design. Mm -mm. He's here in Nashville. Uh, he makes a system, a monitoring system and subs. We bought a pair of his subs um they're tw- oh i think actually i might have went to uh his website the other day uh carl Tatch- i was looking for like studio designers yes i think i think his uh his website came up so that's cool yeah he builds a lot of studios around here in nashville and um, uh, uh, throughout the country as far as i know uh carl's oh, yeah, a great totally. guy he's a very good guy to talk to um he's always okay. willing to talk with people and and help you out you know um, of course, he cool. always wants you to buy his product as well, which is not bad. Oh, yeah. You know, that's that's right. part of it. Um, so we have a set of his subs, 12-inch subs, sealed boxes. Um, and for this room, they, they do a pretty good job of, uh, you know, thumping, we'll say. You know? That's great. And, uh, and I feel it's important to have the subs. A lot of people say, oh, I don't need a sub in my studio. And coming from not having a sub to having a pair of subs in my studio, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to have it at 110 dB, you know, to to feel that. It, to you feel just, it, yeah. you know, You just need it to be moderated enough to mix in with your sound of your your mains you know your main speakers in my opinion i'm not an expert at that but um 
that's how I feel about it is you, you want to get that thump, you know, you want to hear it and feel it. Um, not hear it so much, but feel it. Um, sure. Yeah. It's important to be in the mix. I feel, you know, cause you can make minute adjustments or you can make big adjustments, you know? So, uh, oh, yeah. that's important for your, what you're going for. So, cause if you're um, not hearing it in the studio, then by the time you either get to your car, your boombox, you're either going to hear no bass or you're going to hear like extreme amounts of bass. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know. And and I've I've been on both spectrums of that when I again learning before going to school. Um I will say I I I did learn a fair amount with the EQing and and mixing techniques. Um mm-hmm. yeah. Through school. So that's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, our equipment, we also have 500 series units. I don't get to use them a lot, but um, we have, uh, what do we have? We have like two mic pre's. Um, we have an EQ, a Trident EQ, um, and two compressors. Cool. And okay. um, they're not the same name brand compressors, but that's okay too, you know. I mean, oh sure, yeah. You know, you you have options. Well, it's good to have a small like uh, it's good to have a small chain for like vocals or yeah, just maybe like single like mono instrument kind of stuff if sure. you need yeah. it. You know, then you have the console if you need like you know lots of inputs at one time. Yeah, well, kind of thing. So <laughs> a a good story. Another good story from Georgia was we I ordered a twenty four input snake to go. Oh, yeah. You know, uh-huh. to have twenty four inputs. Um. Because again, you're always going to expand, get, you know, grow, and so sure, I was yeah. like, "Well, I'll buy one now." Well, our one of our dogs got to it before I got home, and he got 23 <laughs> of the 24. Not the dog. Oh no, 23 of the 24 channels just shredded. Oh man. Yeah. So that was like 300 dollars out the window. Wow. And then, of course, someone was like, "Oh, well, just." return it tell them that it showed up like that I'm like no that ain't gonna work <laughs> can't lie I mean, about you that. could say your dog ate it and they probably understand yeah i don't think so i don't <laughs> i don't think they would i wouldn't i'd be like well feed your dog <laughs> right yeah exactly but um so yeah that's really not you know that's not in us to do that but yeah, it's cool um again moving on to we we have a. Uh, I think a decent array of microphones. We have our standards SM57s, a couple 58s, the 7B, SM7B. Mm-hmm. Um, large diaphragm, uh, condenser mics, um, a, a, a lot. We, we probably have about 20 mics. Uh, high old microphones for the drums um I'm, yeah like pr 30s and 40s stuff like that pr 28s 28s okay yep uh cool. i got to use them once in georgia so uh and i loved them i i thought uh i actually did a a b comparison between a 421 okay. um to the heil pr 28 and i just felt again matching the same volume control you know gain control and everything yeah. um it just seemed to the the drums they they just seemed to pick up better projection off the drums cool you know so 
that was just a personal opinion. On, I mean, I've I've actually recorded on those Sennheiser 421s in the studio myself. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm not saying they're bad. They're great microphones. Um, Have you tried it on vocals or like other stuff like acoustic or anything like that? I have not. No, I don't actually have them. I I returned them. I just I oh, okay. I I did a A and B on the Sennheiser, the four twenty one and the PR twenty eight, and I sure. thought the twenty eights were better. So I I actually could get two of those for the price of one four twenty one. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, have you tried the PR twenty eights on like vocals or? Oh no, no, I haven't. No. Okay. I I um. Again, it's been a few years since I've had to actually been able to open them up and use them. Um, so we're hoping that we can, in the near future, expand and, you know, get more clientele in here to show, hey, we we can, you know, be trustworthy enough to... Oh, maybe you can do a... Uh, I don't know if you're a, a YouTuber or not, but maybe that's something you can uh, kind of start doing is taking your microphone collection and just showing how they sound on different sources. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's kind of interesting for people to watch, you know, sure. it didn't have to be long. It can be like a five minute video, just like here's a female singer with a SM seven B versus a PR 28. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think those, those comparison videos like that are fairly popular yeah. on, on YouTube. So, yeah, I'm, Again, with this COVID thing, it's it's really kind of dragging us down in a sense because, again, we don't know a lot of people here in Nashville um, mm-hmm. or in Murfreesboro. Um, and there's places around here that, you know, musicians play, you know, singer-songwriters. and But with COVID and everything, we're not able to get really get out there and to interact with them. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of hindering us. You know. Yeah, well, so, I understand. But um, uh, so where yeah. did the so, where's the name of your studio come from? Uh, it's all up here in the mind. Uh, <laughs> what it what it relates to is you've heard the saying, "This is going to cost me an arm and a leg." Correct. Oh sure, okay. So yeah. I was kind of drumming up names what's a good name you know this that and the other thing and i was like well one less limb it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to come in and record you know so right just just one just one less limb yeah just one limb at least you get you know three others you know um (laughs) you can have your choice whichever one you want to keep that's right you know what do you want to (laughs) spare um yeah so i actually had a person on the phone it was a woman she of course, she didn't know who I was, and she asked me about the name. Well, with the name, you know, do you are you an amputee? Or I said no. I said you know I just come up with the name, you know, as opposed to cost effectiveness. And she's like, right. oh, one less limb. Okay, yeah, okay. I said it won't cost you an arm and a leg, but it's going to cost you something. <laughs> right. That's great. I like so, that. that's you know. That's the way some people understand it. They're like, oh, that's a cool name. And some people are like, dude, you should change your name. <laughs> well, well, I saw it earlier on your Facebook page and I didn't make the connection either. Yeah. But 
it's, it's one of those names where you kind of, you, you're just kind of, you ponder on it for it's like, hmm, what would that mean? Yeah. Maybe I should just ask. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as a matter of fact, on our business cards, I do put where it won't cost you an arm and a leg underneath it in small lettering oh, under the cool. name. Yeah. I actually put it on the business card just to help get them over the threshold of oh, yeah. what its indication is. Just, just throwing a softball there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> we all need help sometimes. Oh, man. I know that's right. <laughs> Well, that's good. I mean, I like the name. Yeah. I like the uh, uh, the gear choices. I think are good. Is this my thing? Is some people get so caught up in like the gear, but it really, just I mean, it really does come come down to uh, you know just the performance, the singer, the the player. You know, yeah, sure, mic position is always helpful, but sure, you know. I think if you got a handful of 58s, 57s, maybe one decent condenser microphone and yeah. you know, some pretty good preamps then shoot, you can make a record with that, you know. I'm you know, and you're right. I I I agree with you 100% because again, it's not always the microphone. Um, you know, I I've I've watched videos where people say, you know, I I I I've actually bought like knockoffs of fsm 57 microphones oh yeah they're like 35 dollars 35 bucks to uh where's my uh you know but they are pretty similar looking but again um at the end of the day um you know it's again if, if you're if you're doing like a dirty gritty sounding that's just gonna add into it you know you're not getting a pristine right. you're not going for a pristine sound you know, so those things in my eyes, that's what you're using. I was I was reaching for this. So this is a uh, GLS audio, okay, microphone. Yeah. And if you go to their website, you can actually get like really inexpensive. They're not cheap. They're really well made, but they're just inexpensive cables, like XLR cables, stuff like that. Yeah. I got this off of Amazon for thirteen dollars. Damn. Wow. And it looks like a fifty-eight. I know it does. Yeah, it's actually a little bit. It's actually a little shorter than a fifty-eight. Uh huh. Um, but I want to do a shootout. I want to do a shootout between this and a fifty-eight. I think that'd be an interesting option because I had the fifty-seven version as well. Uh huh. Um, and I, I used it on a drum drum recording not too long ago, and they sounded great. Yeah, yeah. It's like and wow. Okay, thirteen bucks. There you go. Oh, here's the other one, right here. Here's the. Yeah. The 57 so yeah 57 58 13 dollars each go get you some <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know? i mean and again it, it it is there a quality difference sure i i would i would oh sure yeah prefer to say yeah. yes there is you know there's obviously there's a they they build in a certain value to the microphone whatever it might mm-hmm. be um right but again, do you need a five thousand dollar microphone for everything you do? I don't think so. I, I think yeah. you know, a, you know, for a, a nice gritty sounding guitar tone, one of those might do it. You know, a thirteen dollar right. mic would make it that much better. You know, you're not going for pristine. You're going for grit. You know, sandpaper, whatever. Um, right. It's how you angle it, how you put it on that. You know, that speaker. 
you know which speaker you put it on if you have a 4 by 12 cab you have four right. options you know and those are the uh important things to know um so i feel it's a great option to always take advantage of that you know and um you know we like uh, the sm57s we have we bought the kit we have the three fifty sevens with the beta mm-hmm. fifty two. We have got right, two, yeah, for two the of kick those. Drum. Yeah, yeah, those are great. And um, and I love them. I think they're they're awesome mics. You know, um, and that's what that's what I, you know. I've learned to do is you know, don't buy a mic just for one option. Uh, again, the SM seven B, it's it's very versatile. I mean, kick, yeah. bass, guitar, hi hats, overheads, you mm-hmm. know, snare, whatever. I mean, you can pretty much throw that thing on you know anything and it'll work it's got a you know uh, an eq roll off on the back so there's right. there's things to you know again it's a learning curve and you know making it happen you know oh so, yeah totally agree yeah. i had an sm7b probably four or five years ago uh-huh and then i ended up selling it and getting a road uh Procaster, something like that. Um, then I sold that. So now I have, I recently bought this, I think last year sometime. This is the Rode Pod Mic. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I see, I keep seeing these pop up on, uh, you know, like for podcasting and like just YouTube channels and stuff. Yeah. Th- this is a $100 microphone right here. Yeah. That, it looks like a hundred dollar microphone. I mean, it actually looks more expensive than a hundred dollars. I mean, it does. I mean, this thing's really sturdy. It sounds great. I listen to a lot of podcasts and YouTube channels mm-hmm. that just use this mic for like all the speakers. Yeah, around the table and it, like the vocals sound great. It's like, well, shoot, for a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's that's. <laughs> Awesome, yeah. Road, they make it, uh, very good equipment. I don't have any of their equipment personally, but I've yeah. I've heard and seen a lot of uh, people that do um, have their equipment, and you know their mics are really nice, very yeah, professional. Yeah, I have uh, the other the only other two microphones or the Rode mics I have are the NT two A, which I had the NT NT two thousand. I think this is what it was. Anyway, the the mic that had the variable uh, switches on it, like so you can like change the parlor pattern and the high pass and the pad on it. Okay. But I ended up selling that one because I feel like the the variableness isn't really all that important. It's just you know all you need is just switches. You know, so sure. I sold that and got the NT two A, which is a little bit less money and it pra- practically does the same thing. Yeah. Um. And then the other mic is a stereo uh, NT4, which is the XY pattern. Yeah. It's always, you know, it's just like a hardwired XY pattern. Condensers. Um, so I use that, yeah. So I use that for like the, uh, like drum overheads mm-hmm. and like stereo acoustic guitar. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I don't have to worry about phase. Sure. I have to like line up it's two microphones. It's just already set. Yeah. It's already good to go. It's like, all right, well, that's. Plug it that in makes and my let's life go. easy. <laughs> Pretty much plug in and go. Yeah, I'm I'm all about easy. Yeah, when it comes to studio stuff, is like all right, and that's you know, and that's why like a lot of times I'll ask clients, you know, you know, if they're coming in, you know, what are you coming in to do? You know, what are you, 
I, I want to get some information from them so when they get here, because I always like my, say we're going to start 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. or something like that, four hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I always try to get them to get here 15 minutes early. So, That's and good. I don't charge them for that, but I want them to get here 15 minutes early so they get in the place. And not that it's a big place, it's just getting in, getting situated, and by 5 o'clock, they're ready to go. You know, we're not here at 5 o'clock and then 5.15, 5.20, we're getting ready to go. Because now you're on the right. clock, you know, and, and I try to explain that to them. And I, 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 as a matter of fact, in Georgia, I used to have the drummer come in the day before. I'd let them set up, I'd mic them up, I'd do a drum tech check and uh, levels and all that stuff. And you ready right. to go? We're ready to go. All right, get out of here. We'll see you tomorrow, <laughs> you know, for the night, Friday night. Yeah. Go home, do what you got to do, but be here tomorrow morning, ready to go. Yeah, you know? and don't do any final takes while you're setting up because if you play on one day, like I said before, if you play one day, then you come back the next. Yeah, the drums are going to sound totally different. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and again, we do, we do like another ch- quick check of everything, you know, because again, we got now we got amps and bass and you know, vocals and stuff like that. Um, I'll even let them come in if they're available to come in Friday night or the night before, whatever it might've been. And, you know, do it then, you know, and that way they're not, I just remember lugging my drums into a studio, getting them all set up and then, all right, let's record. Like, damn, I'd like to, you know, rest a minute, you know, but whatever, (laughs) you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, because those drummers they get pretty worn out just just by, you know, setting up their drum kit. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I didn't have like a massive. I I wasn't like a big double bass guy or anything, but I mean, I had like three or four rack tom, uh, th- three rack toms, a four tom, kick drum, snare. You know, you got to set all that crap up, and uh, cymbals too. You know, so oh yeah, a little bit of work, and um, but it you know, it was always fun. You know, you had the energy then when you were younger. <laughs> right. That's to, why I'm a that's why I'm a headrush guy nowadays. I yeah. use the headrush pedal board for pretty much all my guitar and bass recording. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I play out at church or somewhere, like I just take my headrush because I don't need an amp. I don't need a pedal board with all these different pedals and stuff. I just throw in my in ears, plug you know, run the XLR outputs of my headrush to the front of house mm-hmm. and you're ready I'm, to go. I'm done setting up like two minutes flat. You yeah. Know? <laughs> As a matter of fact, have you ever heard of the, um, um, hold on. The Tech 21. Tech 21. Sansamp. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh-huh. Those are great. This is the Para Sansamp. It does guitar and bass. Cool. They have cool. one specifically just for guitar and one specifically for bass, but, the Tech 21 Para is guitar and bass. Yeah. You can do both on the one. I have pedal. I have seen those. And um they seem pretty great, you know. I mean, you know, it's not a bad little unit that you can just hook in and take off, you know. So Set you would uh, you it. would essentially have someone plug their pedal board into that. And then that especially that becomes the amplifier at yeah. that point, right? You can use it as a, a, a pedal or, you know, like an effects pedal because it has, a, you know, 
a switch on it, turn it on, turn it off switch. Um, yeah. I actually was in a band with a guy that he, he kind of used it to help boost his signal, his bass signal. So, you know, no, that's and great. for tone as well, because it has a little EQ in there. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, again, a, a multi-use purpose piece of equipment, you know. Um, so that's kind of where we go nowadays is to multi-use pieces of oh, equipment. Oh, yeah, you got to. Yeah. You, you can't have these one-trick ponies, you know, just laying around. You got to have multiple things working for you at all times. Exactly, you know? yeah. And, you know, and again, you know, trying to get the clients to come in, you know, oh, you're going to do vocals? Okay. So, and like I said, I, I'll set up two mics. Which one do you want? We'll do a quick vocal mic take on each one. And which one do you like? Okay, we'll go with that one. And we're off, you know? We'll, yep. And, yep. and I had an issue with the guitar. We, we were recording guitar tracks. And the guy, you know, he got done with his first one, listened to it. He loved it. And he's like, all right, I'm ready to do my next one, my next guitar part or song and um i was like all right well let's tune up oh no no we don't need to i let's tune up we can't record until you tune and sure enough yeah he was totally out. he was out so he's like oh so man. he just did a whole song with with him being out of tune right yeah and he would have and i just told him i said dude it's right here just just tune quickly yeah i said the times you're you're on your clock Let's make it happen. <laughs> you know, not being a jerk, just saying, hey, this is for you, your benefit, you know, because we're going to get through this. You're going to listen to it and go, hey, that sounds flat or it sounds out. Well, mm -hmm. that's what the tune is for. <laughs> Do it all again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's again, that's that's what we're here for as en engineers. You know, we we want to we want to make sure that they're happy with what they're getting and and he was he was he he actually said thanks you know i appreciate you kind of kicking me once or twice to make me pay attention and realize oh i should record you know tune up after each song that's rule of thumb essentially in the recording world right so um, well let's uh let's start wrapping this thing up here yep. and uh so what is the in the foreseeable future what's what's some kind of like some short-term goals that you want to try and accomplish we really want to um again build our clientele we are looking uh we're here in murfreesboro tennessee um okay. we're probably 10 minutes from mtsu um and we're looking to um get out there and to meet people and again uh expand we want to grow and i mean we're ready to expand with our equipment we have you know an, a fair amount of equipment and uh we could easily run a studio a full-fledged studio um and also we would at some point in time if we had a live room uh being a drummer i have a recording series drum set and i have an acrylic um drum set and i would you know those would be two perfect pieces of equipment plus i have a, a number of snares um but anyhow we will, I'd like to get a live piano, big piano, grand piano, something like that to also have in there to record. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, that would be pretty nice to have. Um, again, at uh, Augsburger Monitors. I don't know if you know of them. Have you ever heard of them? 
I have not, no. Okay, uh, Dave Malikpour, he's from uh, Mass, and he is the owner of Augsburger Monitors and um, professional audio design as well, and they will also do your rooms for you, uh, your studio oh, cool. okay. rooms. Um, Dave is a great guy. He, he does a phenomenal job. He is very personable. He is very approachable. Um, he's actually had my wife and I to Nam. The first time we went to Nam, uh, he he gave us tickets for that to you know as a you know introduction to their stuff. Um, cool. They're pricey, but they're good. They're top notch. I mean, you just go on his website and look at his clientele and see who he's got his clients. Right. You know, kind of says it all, doesn't it? And he's not just here in the U.S. He's you know across the waters and stuff. So he's you know. He's getting around, but um, no, that's we great. we are ready. I mean, we actually um, we would like to have two studios. We actually would like to have like a green screen room to mm-hmm. um, yeah for studios for musicians for bands to come in and do yeah. a video shoot. Um, someone like yourself that has that capability and knowledge, you know, right? You would you would be a a, a person I'd want to you know reach out to to have that done. Oh yeah, and that would be for you, you know, your end to do that. So, um, but that's we're we're about communicating with you know people and and, and reaching out and and trying to network with people. Um, again, you know, it never hurts to meet a new person. To no, it doesn't. We yeah. uh, we uh, we got hooked up over the phone yeah. through a support ticket. And yeah. <laughs> here we are now recording a podcast. So <laughs> yes, sir. And thank you for this. I I greatly yeah, well, appreciate it, Nathan. Well, that's the that's the kind of guy I am. Is like I'm a people person. I'll talk with anybody. Not saying that you're just anybody, but you know, kind of am. Kind I'm of nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you like music. I like music. We both record. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's keep this thing going. You know. Yeah, man. I'm. You know. I. You know, I definitely, if you, if you have, um, would like to meet in person sometime, have you come over or, yeah. you know, I'll come to your place, um, and, you know, check stuff out, you know? Yeah. So it's all good. Well, yeah, we're, I'm actually, I should be moving to Murfreesboro, like the Walter Hill area here pretty soon in the next month. So oh. I'll, I'll be a little bit closer to you. I'm sure. Awesome. All uh, right. cause it'll be right. It'll be off of two thirty one uh that area of yeah. town but yeah thanks again for being on the podcast and just uh, uh being willing to talk about your musical adventures yes and all the many facets yes where, where can the listeners contact you either on facebook or maybe a website of some sort um one less limit yahoo.com um okay. that's my email address um or my other my personal email address um or they can call me um at 214-789-0510 it's a texas number but you know i i normally ask people to text me so i know who they are who's calling me if i don't have you in my contacts um just because you know we we all get a lot of spam calls and i don't know how many calls i get a day from texas and I haven't lived there in three years, so you know. But they think we're still there. Yeah, exactly. And we no, keep it that great. way. 
but um yeah man it's it's great to be here in nashville and um you know we're super excited and again like i said if we can get over the hump of the pandemic coronavirus the the new uh delta variant or whatever might be coming around the corner after that if yeah we can all just do our thing and you know get past that i know none of us like wearing the masks i definitely don't but you know yeah um it helps you know to a degree is oh sure yeah you know, that's my well, two cents we'll all we'll all make it through and we'll we'll meet up in person here soon okay don yeah man it sounds great nathan all right so if you guys want to check out one less limb studios be sure to do that and in the meantime i'm dr mcfarland i will see you in the next video keep rocking